Good evening, Patriots. Wednesday it is, February 8th in the year 2023. The East Coast has cruised right now into Thursday, which is going to be a busy day as always. Cannot believe it is already midweek. Crazy. So we're going to do a little bit of cap on a couple things in the news, and then I'm going to dig in to Joshua tonight, which I think is a good book to begin with. But before that, make sure that you are doing all you can to stock up on the things that you need because we are definitely dealing in crazy times and they are going after the food to make you eat the bugs. Patriots, do you feel like the world is being held together with duct tape and bailing wire? It sure seems like it. Every day, we're thrown new distractions by the fake news to pull us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, global military conflicts, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. In times like these, you can trust My Patriot Supply. Their three-month emergency food kit comes packed with tasty, and I mean tasty, meals with over 2,000 calories per day. And right now, you'll automatically get $200 in free survival gear with each kit you order. These products will save the day when crisis comes, and it's coming soon. Self-reliance is our only option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get $200 worth of free survival essentials with your three-month emergency food kit. Everything is in stock and ready to go, with free shipping too. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next disaster strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, as I have said, food security is the foundation for personal sovereignty. Check it out today. So, as we talked about in the last hour, we're going to really be heading into a pretty interesting period. There's no question that the banking industry is starting to fall apart. I don't know if you heard yesterday, but in the testimony on Congress with Twitter, they were having the Twitter live stream, which was pivoting off of, I, I'm trying to, I believe it was pivoting off of C-SPAN, and they cut the feed as they started to get into the difficult questions. Now, of course... That's not what they said. They said they had technical difficulties. But the feed was effectively cut, just coincidentally, during the most critical part of exposing the truth to the world. All of these roads are leading towards the center point of truth. And truth is ending up being truly that action, like the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, is is truly being the power and the force that will tear down the walls. And the metaphor can't be missed. We're in a very important time that everybody needs to continue to press the truth and to continue to expand people's awareness of truth, even if though it's not an easy thing to talk about. But this is a time now that we're well past the inflamed insanity. And just interesting sidebar, I have no idea what this is about, but James O'Keefe has left Project Veritas on paid leave. That usually means there's an investigation going on, so I have no idea what that's about. But take a listen to this craziness, and I'll explain what this is in just a second. Take a listen. These are crows. And they're coming in across from everywhere. And This was in Japan. They have videos of crows swarming in UK and in Pittsburgh. It's, it's pretty amazing. And... This whole, I mean, I don't know, 
what it means. I have no idea what it means. It's just interesting. Another one of these strange events. What is interesting in this period of time that we live, and again, why we have become potentially so dangerous to this cabal that runs the world is that we have the ability like that to share information like anything we've done before. Obviously, that's that's like speaking the obvious, right? But in the sense of the speed at which we can connect dots, I was having a conversation with somebody about this just today, and they were asking the question. It's just like, you know, what's made it so different today? Why are we able to unlock things we've missed in the past or why are we able to discover parts of history that have been hidden? Why are we now questioning the Dark Ages, which is a complete scam, by the way. That's another long rabbit hole, but the Dark Ages didn't exist. They made it up to cover what they were doing, and whatever they were doing is probably murdering part of the society again, another form of a great reset. Well, the reason that we can start to link these things is somebody finds an anomaly here, somebody finds an anomaly there, and especially when we aggregate them into secondary accounts. So somebody, say, is doing all their research on old buildings and someone else is doing research on the the flu, the Spanish flu, and bits and pieces come together and someone else can bring those together into another account. And pretty soon we start to see a pretty comprehensive story of the insanity of our world, which there's a lot of it. Now, I do have some bad news for all of you tonight. I'm, I'm really sorry to announce that Hollywood has threatened to go on strike if we don't all get vaccinated. Oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. Hollywood celebrities are threatening a massive all-round Hollywood strike until every last one of us is vaccinated. Describing Hollywood as the base of the entire modern American culture, the group also claims to be speaking on behalf of humanity's better nature. It's about time people understood that we're the ones with the power and that our audiences are there to serve us, not the other way around, a spokesperson for the group said in a press release. We're calling for a general strike that would include every single person involved in making motion pictures in Hollywood, starting with the actors and celebrities themselves and encompassing companies in charge of making props, movie memorabilia and even souvenir shops. Rosie O'Donnell, Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow and Gene Simmons are among the dozens of artists, entertainers and activists who have attached their names to an effort calling for a month-long strike to encourage people they are calling vaccine dodgers to succumb to the jab. Millions of people in the US and around the world are filled with deep anxiety, fear and disgust. Our anguish is right and just. Our anger must now become massive resistance before anti-vaxxers become emboldened and failing to do your duty to humanity becomes normalized. Other Hollywood celebrities who have also joined in the campaign, however, are calling for an all-out strike that would span the entire movie industry in the hopes that such a move would urge ordinary Americans to reassess the decision to avoid the COVID-19 vaccine, despite the mountain of evidence that has emerged in recent times that prove the shots are a public health hazard. Asked to elaborate on why the group is targeting Hollywood out of all the industries in the country as their bargaining chip, the spokesperson argued that Hollywood is, simply put, the base of the entire modern American culture. It is the foundation of the country, so to speak, the glue that's holding it together. And think about what happens when you destroy the foundation of a house. It comes crashing down, right? Well, that's exactly what's going to happen to America unless the unvaccinated realize how real the danger of that actually is and choose to voluntarily roll up their sleeves and get jabbed. And while we're on the subject between you and me, nobody wants Hollywood to stop doing its thing, but this is a necessary... These nut jobs truly, truly believe that they are so important that the entire world is going to unravel. And I'm just sitting here snickering like, God, you're so great. 
You just let the arrogance and the ego do its magic thing. And as it does its magic thing, what does it do best? Well, it self-destructs. It destroys itself. A couple of other things I want to touch on. There was a pretty, it was a pretty epic day in Congress hearings in the last two days, and they've had some pretty good cuts coming out of this. This is a good one here, and there's one more we'll play, so hang on. Ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry? I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. My next question is, did the U.S. government... Oh, excuse me. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay, what makes you think you or anyone else of Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situations. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. We know that there were a bunch of criminals out there. And the damage that they've done is unprecedented. But it really is something. I want to, uh, we got another one here real quick. And this was pretty epic. This was um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was on quite a roll yesterday. So glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter, and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because, because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. But you violated me. What, did, what were my tweets? Okay, let's talk about them. I was talking about the deaths being reported on VAERS. By the way, that's on the CDC website. I was also saying that I didn't think the in any entity should enforce a non-FDA-approved non vaccine or mask. Guess what? A lot of people agreed with me. But you called that COVID misinformation. By the way, I'm a member of Congress and you're not. 
also said the controversial COVID-19 vaccines should not be forced on our military. You want to know something? Republicans stop that in the NDAA. Ladies, time has expired. And your time has expired. She was rolling a roll yesterday, (laughs) doing a good job. I think the most important part about all of this is not that we didn't know this and not that this story isn't being retold over and over, but that it's being told now in the public spaces that weren't there before. I'm not a big fan of the bread and circus politics that we tend to do in this country, as you well know. But nonetheless, there are some pretty serious questions that are being put forward to these people. And if you really want to see the face of demons and evil, just take a look at the people that used to work at Twitter. They have literally no remorse for what they've done. And that's the biggest problem that we have right now in our nation is that there's so much of this lack of accountability and lack of remorse for actions. Now, one last caveat here in, in before we jump into some biblical stuff. Um, this is right in line with what I was talking about earlier, and that's the banks and the coming collapse. It's crazy. that they, they literally can just take your money, and this is the new normal now. So in Cyprus, all of these people who were ripped off by the banks went to court to try to get their money back. And here's what happened. The European court just threw it out. Sorry. Dismissing the compensation claim. Sorry. It's legal. They were allowed to take this money. Sorry. Under these laws, the banks can just take this money. It doesn't matter. Over the past 24 hours, there have been many reports of banks across Africa taking people's money. When they go to get answers... They're being shut down. No access to ATMs. This is Access Bank customers trying to use ATMs, but they can't. Which they watch. They watch as rich customers inside the bank are walking out with bags of money, but they are not allowed to access the ATMs outside. See the metal bars? I'll show you this. Watch. This is Nigeria. This is Access Bank at Ifako. So, this is exactly where we're headed unless there's some sort of miracle that stops it. And I I would just say it this way. God can intervene anytime he wants, but the problem is for us, we would be, I wouldn't say problem, but the responsibility for us is not to stand on the side and simply wait in hope because hope is not an action and it's not an action plan and it's not a strategy. The banks own your money. And the banks, the way this is essentially set up is that when you give money to the bank, you have given them a loan. That's how they've structured this in the fine print and craziness of the way they structure things. So your loan going to the bank makes it their money, not yours. And what they've agreed to is they've agreed to pay you back that money on a certain time of request, giving you access to your money unless they have need for it. And better, they've paid you an interest rate on your money or not, but you've given them basically a loan and then the bank has taken the right to take your money and loan it out 10 more times to create money out of nothing and then to charge an exorbitant interest rate. This is not a time to be putting much trust in banks. We all are still using them, but be very, very wary of any sort of trust in banks because this is a very unstable time and banks, even though they've been tested in their shock tests that they do with the Federal Reserve, if you've been paying attention to those, most banks don't have the reserve capital to cover their outstanding debts. And we're dealing with a global collapse, not a local collapse. Of course, this all leads into their next objective. 
and their next objective is literally to force people into a new currency. That's the CBDC. Now, whether or not that will last or endure is irrelevant. That's what's on the books, and that's what you're starting to hear a lot about. Quietly, XRP and Ripple are your two backends. Ripple owns XRP, or and it's the transfer system that they're trying to switch everything over to, the exchange system. I'm telling you, this is coming, and it's going to be up to us to make those decisions and up to you to protect your wealth. Now, in the, in the simple sense of kingdom and responsibilities, I would say that talking a lot about wealth sounds much more material than it does godly. But the fact is that God gives us these things to steward, and it's up to us to steward them well and to take the necessary precautions to ensure that we can endure. It's no different than filling the silos. And how bad this gets is hard to say, but I have a pretty good idea that we're all going to experience on a global level something rather significant that's going to truly shake the core of what we consider government and what we consider stability in governance. These people, as we're dealing with here, are far above the law. They see themselves as outside the law. When you start having Twitter nugheads cutting down and canceling information platforms that are giving people real information that would have saved lives, they truly believe that they are above the law and beyond the reach of charges of murder. When you have a Twitter head of head of the tweet department of canceling tweets, I can't remember the department name, but who himself, as was said, is writing a paper on Grindr about Grindr and having minors accepted onto Grindr so that other men control them and make them and groom them and predatorize them. That's the sickness that's in our every rank and file in our corporations, in our government. We have been taken over by the freaks and the perverts. And it's going to be up to us to make these decisions as we go forward to deal with that. One thing I would be very clear, you think doing harm to the little ones has a, it's better to put a millstone around their neck, as Christ said. So if you are so fashioned to make millstones, you're going to be in good business here pretty quick, I do believe. We're in a time when we start have to start to look to leadership, and we don't have any right now. Our nation lacks leadership. Our nation is sorely in need of leadership, and we have a couple of options. One is we can start seeking an, a new leader of some fashion. We can also seek to get ourselves behind President Trump, if that's such a possibility. Though I have no idea what his route is to to getting elected in 2024 as things stand today because the election system is so deeply corrupted. For those that are hanging on to the idea that the military will come in and save them, I would caution you a great deal. I don't think that's, one, it's not going to happen in my opinion, and two, they're in such chaos and disarray that it's, as much as you may want to convince yourself otherwise, the military command structure and the military itself is broken. We're left with about 120,000 that are truly heroes in our military, and that's it, because they're the ones who stood against the backs, 
and stood against the system to do the right thing. So that means we're going to have to look other places. And what I would encourage all of us to be doing is to be praying into our Lord to guide us. Because we've done a pretty amazing job as a nation without this leadership. If you really think back on it for the last three years, there has been a hostile attack against all of us, and we survived it. So just consider this. A couple of comments here. This was done by Deanna Lorraine. Congratulations to the rare 19% of the people in the U.S., the 21% in the U.K., and 14% in Australia that withstood the greatest gaslighting campaign and PSYOP in in world history and never took the vax. We are strong and unblackmailable. This is a tweet from 4chan along the same thing. It goes back to the 11-15-21, so almost two years ago. A year and not, About a year and a half ago. Reminder that if you are still unvaxxed, you survived the biggest psyop in human history. They elaborated an evil plan for decades. Do you realize how much time, resources, and effort they put into this? They studied all the possible ways to enslave your mind and make you take the vax. They tried to demoralize you by corrupting society from every possible corner. They tried to vilify and desensitize your mind with porn. They tried to lure you with money, gifts, and rewards. They tried to confuse you and make you doubt your own reality and identity. They tried to make you walk on your own principles, values, and ethics. They even turned your close, your close ones against you. Almost everyone felt it. Almost all of them failed, but not you. Just realize how much BS you you went through and overcame. You never bowed. You are still unvaxxed. You are still a pure blood. Their tricks didn't work on you. So all, so to all the unvaxxed, I say to you, cheers, gentlemen. Stay based. True statement. And all of that is going to center on our, and when we reflect, it's going to be centered on our strength that we've had in Father God and our walk that we've had on this rock and our anchor on the rock of faith. It's not something that we need to be cooing about, but it's definitely something that we need to be holding on to. Because as we've weathered that storm, we will weather others. Joshua 1 Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise across this Jordan and you and this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which your soul of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this location, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, to the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will, you, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. 
Be careful to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not, not depart from your mouth, but shall meditate. But you, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It is such a powerful passage in, in so many ways. And it, one of the things that always strikes me when we go over that is the fact that is the, is the demanding nature of the law. Do not depart from it right or left. We don't live that way. In fact, we leave a lot up for interpretation with Scripture. We, we tend to argue about the tidbits here or there, or we just kind of wing it. And I think a lot of that has come from the simple fact that in our minds, we have the idea that we're all saved because Christ was sacrificed. This is where the value of the Old Testament comes in, I, I believe. And it's, at least I look at it like this. Just because Christ was sacrificed doesn't take away the obligations and the sort of intensity which God was presenting these things here. And in that intensity, we realize that there is a true consequence if we aren't truly following the Word of God. More than ever as we go forward, I truly believe this is going to become increasingly important. We are going to be pressured in many different ways. Maybe it won't be persecution. Maybe it will just have to be dealing with shortages or dealing with an economy that's crushed or maybe there's something else that's going on that we don't know. It's interesting, again, and today was just one of these strange days that I came across way too many of these posts about artificial intelligence. But I want to just point this one out because it's very odd. And I did a little research on it, and this is Betelgeuse, which is, and I think I've said that right, Betelgeuse, which is a star, a supernova, that one of the AIs has predicted that will go supernova in 2023. And it will be a spectacular event that will light up the night sky like never before. The explosion will release a massive amount of energy, and it will be visible from Earth with the naked eye. Scientists and astronomers have known about this event for many years but have kept it hidden from the general public in order to avoid widespread panic. This is well known. This is a well-known fact among those who are aware of the truth about the universe and its secrets. It's interesting to note as well that this, in a later post, which I'm not going to get into because it gets into some esoteric garbage I don't want to deal with tonight, but essentially what that same AI went on to talk about Betelgeuse as part of the secret knowledge that the secret societies have been keeping away from us. Now, I don't know. There's no way of validating that truth. But my point is that there's increasing indicators, and if we're going to listen to our heart, we're going to probably all agree that there is something cooking here. Something's off. We're looking at elites that are exposing their long-planned events. They've spent decades trying to manipulate and prepare for a time when they would quietly, at least like an anaconda, 
slither around the humanity and squeeze it, and suddenly humanity would be trapped in the perfect trap. And it would, it would be like the Tholian web, and they would not have any chance of escaping, and before they realized what happened, they would already be in the trap, and they would never get out. They were so close. They truly were. All they needed to do was to, even without, even with Biden in, all they needed to do was get the trigger of a war or something and accelerate this or keep this pace of things going with this vax, and they probably could have succeeded, not as successfully as if they'd had Hillary in. But the fact of the matter is that they are now moving faster than before. And each consecutive day or week, they seem to move faster. And in so doing, they're exposing themselves more and more. That's truly a God-level act that we're witnessing before us as God is revealing the enemies to us. And it reminds us of the talk to Joshua because he's telling, as he told Joshua, he's also reminding us. He is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave our side. But he's asking something of Joshua, as I would assume Father is asking of all of us, which is follow, obey the law and do not turn from it right or left so that you may have success wherever you go. He reminds him to meditate on the book, which was the law, but are we meditating on these aspects of the scripture every day to guide us? Are we trying to anchor ourselves in such a way that we are truly in alignment with God? And there's and that doesn't that's not a simple plan. But nonetheless, are we committed in that path? We need to be. And there is a there is a consequence of not following. I think that we've gotten to a place in a certain way that gets us very clumsy in our walk. And again, with Christ and we pray for repentance. There's nothing wrong with that. And but we've assumed in this process that we can't we are imperfect. We will never be perfect. We will never accomplish perfection. We're reminded in, with Christ in, when he stands between the accusers and the adulteress as he dis, as he dis, sends that off to the wind, so to speak, disperses the crowd. He says to her at the end, go and sin no more. It's a profound statement. Because in, in our terms of today, the way we talk of Scripture, that isn't possible. And yet he tells her to do such a thing. Christ would not lie, nor is he exaggerating. Here, God is telling Joshua not to move from left or right, that you shall meditate on, on it day and night, the meaning of the book, to be careful to do according to all that is, in, that is written in it, meaning the law of Moses. Just even the law of Moses is it's a profound idea to be able to be so Im- embedded in that path that you would not make a mistake. But God's telling Joshua that he can. Our Father has a great deal of faith in us. And Christ's sacrifice did forgive us for our sins. But that doesn't take away the duty that we have in this mission to be to walk without sin as much as we can and to be a completely accountable for each and every breath and step we make. Time is of the essence and time is ticking down to whatever the big shift is coming. It's pretty clear that what we've been going through has been a preparation 
It's been a sifting. It's been a threshing floor. It's been a selection course for those that understand that in the military. What is out here now, those that have survived this PSYOP, those that survived this VAX, the pressures that were unprecedented, not one of us that's been through that is the same. We don't see the world the same way, perhaps with the same level of innocence or naivety. We see the world differently now. And we're having to constantly reshape it and move to a new level because as we ourselves have moved to a place where we were many, if not all, at one point or another have been angry even to the point of a vengeful heart. God is continuing to work us and refine us in these fires. And that message to me is much greater than just refinement. It's the message as he's giving to Joshua. Do not deviate. Stay true to this path. Do not deviate left or right. Read the scriptures. Meditate on the scriptures. Listen to my words. I will guide you. And as we move forward now into 2023, that seems to be an ever important role to have. We're seeing the mass amount of people coming to the realization of what the depths of corruption in this world have been. We have been blessed. When I say we, those who have been walking in this path of awakening that have had the opportunity or the blessings of God to have eyes to see, we have grown with that. What we saw three years ago, we didn't see as clearly as we do today. Yet God has continued to nurture and refine those eyes of discernment and we begin to see more clearly each and every breath. That isn't just a gift because for what much is given, much is asked. And we're literally at a point now where we have to be looking at our fellow brethren. We need to be speaking truth. We're not out to hurt people, but we are speaking truth. And truth can hurt because truth is not something that can be shaved or trimmed. It's not about bedside manner. It's truly about a message of clarity to help people understand what they're facing and at the same time offering them one of the greatest gifts that they could ever receive, which is a, a pointer, a direction, an encouragement, even a moment of prayer to introduce them to Jesus. I talk a lot about the intimacy with Christ and the intimacy with the Father. And I want to start, and I want to kind of close tonight with a story that goes back that I've said before here, but I think it's an important time to reflect on it. I can't tell you why in my time, why I've been so blessed to be able to have these intimate conversations with Father God. I just know that I do. And I can't tell you why I've been so blessed to have the encounters and walks with Jesus. I just have. But I reflect back on a very critical moment in my life. It was a very hard moment following my incident that happened in August and September of 2017. And it was a, a point in my times when every door that I felt I could go through was closed. I had no avenue that I could visibly see out. And I wasn't listening to God, clearly, because he had already told me he wanted me to return to storytelling and to film. And amidst of all of that, I was being confronted with all these accusations of things that I had done that I had not done, and all my reputation that was very vein-driven, but nonetheless, I felt crushing down upon me. And so I had a very open and candid conversation with God. 
I, my mind was questioning. I was learning. I was reaching out more. I was asking questions that people didn't want to answer. I was hearing things in you know in some of the discussions around scripture that I just it didn't make sense to me because some of them were too. I'll use the term doctrinal because it didn't fit into the real life around. And at the same time, almost too coy because th- things would people would say things and then the hypocrisy that would come out because they couldn't live the word. So I had a conversation with Father. I remember where I was. I was on the farm, my buddy's farm. I was up on the, the upper part of the farm and I was just walking out in the fields. And I... I just opened up. I was cursing. I was crying. I was talking. And I just told Father this. This is me. I need you to know my heart. I need you to know the worst part of me and the best part of me. But I'm not going to put on any faces for you. I want you to know me for who I am. And you made me. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect Because of that, I'm saying that I've been through a lot and I want you to hear my heart as it is. And in the process, I want to get to know you better. I want to be able to speak to you honestly like my father. I want to be able to unload when I have a bad day. And I don't want to feel inhibited because somehow I have to coach it or couch it with Christianese. I just want to speak to you, God. I want to speak to you, Father. And I told him, I said, if you're going to rebuke me for this, then rebuke me. If you'll send me to hell because I'm speaking my heart and sometimes my words that come out aren't aren't in the polished sense that everybody in church wants me to say, then send me. But I'm going to be honest with you no matter what happens. And my heart will be honest even if it's raw and coarse. I've lived by that. And I would encourage everybody to create that honest dialogue with God. We tend to be very apprehensive about asking him. We tend to be very apprehensive about talking to him like a real person. But this is not an imaginary thing. If you're sitting wherever you're sitting right now and you don't know where Jesus is in your physical space, if you don't know the voice of God in your physical space, Start talking to him. Start learning where he is around you. Ask. Seek. Don't assume. If you're having a bad day, speak the bad day. He's there to lift off that burden. Be honest in the heart. There's no other way you get to know God. And this runs in the the face of a lot of the pew teachings Because we're not supposed to do this. We're supposed to speak in a very personal, in a very specific way. We should never curse. We should never do this. We should never do that. We shouldn't have anger. Okay, whatever. Good. Nice idea. But we're human. And we are imperfect. And you know what? God knows that. And he doesn't say that we're unworthy. He believes that we're very worthy. What he wants to do is hear from us. He wants to have a seat at the table. Jesus spoke to the prostitutes and the tax collectors, and I reflect on this so many times. 
Before I went to Afghanistan, I was given a photo essay to do. I spent 30 days, literally 30 nights, doing a photo essay on a strip club in Portland. It was called Devil's Point. And there's a good reason that I chose that one. The name is the beginning of that. I got inside that world. And I got to know so many of those girls. And I got to hear so many of their stories. Some were always, some always ridden with lies. Someone's always going to college, some other garbage. Someone, and most all of them have pro problems with their fathers. But I had conversations with them. And if you think for a second that those conversations are going to be smooth and untainted and sex-free, you're deluding yourself. So ask yourself what type of conversations Jesus had, because I have a pretty good idea what they were like with the prostitutes. And they were not on color. They were very off color. And yet he spoke with them regularly. And he didn't condemn them. He sought to save them because there was something very real about them. We are all very valuable in God's eyes. And in this moment in time when the world is changing so much, there has never been a more pressing time of all the things we can talk about storing up on food and getting your, your wealth taken care of in gold and silver or we preparing your home defense plan or getting your garden going or getting on a, a, a work, your skills and talents to do a job, to do a, your own business, homeschooling or a home church, all those are important. But there's one thing we don't talk about enough. You need to get personal with Father God. You need to get personal with Jesus. You need to have a conversation with him like you're talking to him right before you, like you're talking to a friend. That's where it's at. And when we talk like that and we're speaking to him, and there is an engagement that builds over time. Have trust in that. Don't just do it one off and walk away. And when we are developing that level of intimacy, some days are going to be wretched. Some days are going to be glorious. Some days are just going to be some days. Some days our thoughts are so scattered we can hardly get a prayer out. But they're all real. And they're all honest. And they're not formulated in a book they come from our passion from reading the scripture because that's when scripture comes to life is in our prayers and our conversations with him. You can chalk this up as my opinion. You can give it a try or take it to prayer and figure out if it fits on you. But this is what I know. God responds very well to intimate conversation and he seeks and desires an honest heart. And the more that we open that up to him, the more that his blessings open up to us. Let's pray. Father God, I'm going to speak very personally tonight in this prayer. And just thank you for being that father that is always there that is always present, 
that it never steps away, that endures the imperfections, the frustrations, but more than endures, loves us through the whole thing. You watch us, you live through us, you walk with us. We rant, we fall, we fail. We stand back up, we laugh, we celebrate. We have all the emotions of this world, and it's the gifts, all of these are gifts that you've given us, and yet too often we fail to recognize that. We don't look at the experience as the gift, we try to seek the perfection as the gift, and since we're always falling, we see ourselves as imperfect, as not worthy, and yet you sacrificed your son for us. Where that foolishness comes from that we are unworthy, we'll never un- I will never understand. But I say to you tonight for myself, I'm blessed that you thought I was worthy to sacrifice your son. I'm blessed that you th- see me as worthy to never leave my side. I'm blessed that you see I'm worthy to be able to walk and talk with you. And Jesus, the same. To be there and to have these conversations as a brother, as a friend. To be present and active in these conversations. And to experience you as if you're walking there with me and being there in the breath. A blessing that one cannot measure. I'll always be proud to be that crazy guy going down the road talking or the one standing in the park having that conversation with the person no one else can see. Because, Father, that blessing is beyond measure. And, Jesus, that experience is one that comforts and guides in ways we can't even imagine. We don't have words to express, and yet it's there. So I just pray myself tonight for anybody that's here that that intimacy, that door opens for everyone. And we just pray for the honesty of the heart for the all that are hearing this, to be honest with you, to have a conversation with you, not to be afraid to step in and to ask or to talk but to begin the conversation as if you're there with someone in that room and let them experience the glory of what that is, Father. Let them feel your love, Jesus. Let the faith of the word come to life in the heart of all. I say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's um, a beautiful time in this world when we start to realize that every single thing that's put before us is not a burden or a gift or a trial. I'm sorry, not a, a trial, but it is a gift. But it's a gift of the experience of the entire thing. All of this is the package. It's not just the good. And it's not like, oh, my life is going to be all lousy and I, I hate those days, but I love others. We have to love all our days. 
because everything teaches. Everything grows us. Everything expands our love in God. Everything refines us. And God knows what he's looking for us to do and what we're learning with this. And as we lean in him and trust in him, everything about our lives in the moment becomes a miracle of his hand. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Also have Brighty on TV tomorrow at 2 p.m. immediately following Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.